Hello, I'm Kristen Pleasanton, Acting Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. This is Delaware State of the Arts, and we're happy to have as our guest, Mark Fields, Executive Director of The Grand in Wilmington. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm great, Kristen. It's, I'm happy to be with you. We're really happy to have you, and we're really happy to hear more about what The Grand has been up to over this past year in these strange circumstances and especially excited about what's coming up at the Grand. Um, so if you'd like, let's hear about the programming you've been doing and how that's been going and, and um, the highlights of that. Sure. Well, uh, for, for the Grand's three venues, Copeland Hall, the Baby Grand, and the Playhouse of Rodney Square, it's been more than 520 days since we've been able to have an indoor performance. Wow. Uh, and uh, that's what we do. So it's been kind of hard to not be able to do what we do. Uh, but I have an incredibly innovative, creative staff. And, and we figured out ways to continue to deliver programs to the community and serve our mission. And some of those include the concerts by car that we did last summer, where people drove in to uh, the Frawley parking lot, Frawley Stadium parking lot, and heard a concert through their FM radio being performed live. We did drive-in movies in the fall and spring. We had our incredibly well-received uh, Winter in Wilmington holiday light show. Uh, we brought more than 35,000 people to the riverfront to see that. We've done live streaming concerts. Uh, we've provided virtual uh, content for schools and homeschoolers through our virtual uh, stages of discovery. And more recently, we've even done uh, walk-in concerts this summer, what we call our lawn concerts at Rockwood Park. So we've certainly kept busy and, and have continued to uh, meet the, the uh, entertainment needs of the community. But we're ready to open. <laughs> Well, I know as, as meeting the entertainment needs, it's, it was really something very much needed. So, you know, I'm sure the community is so grateful. We're so grateful that the arts could continue. Um, and that's great news about how successful you were and, and reaching new people, right? Yes, we actually grew our audience during the pandemic because we were serving people in a different way and providing different programming. And so our hope is that we're going to be able to encourage those folks to come back to something different once we start our indoor performance season. Yeah, that'd be great. And I, I'm sure that's going to translate for you. Um, so speaking of what's, what's new and exciting, um, I know you have some great stuff planned. And if you want to start talking a little bit about what we can expect to see um, at the Grand coming up. Well, we have announced the, what we're calling the first wave of our concert season for the coming year. Uh, this is going to be a different season because we're in a very different environment. We all know that. And so normally the Grand would announce 50 or 60 shows for the coming year all at one time. Uh, we're not going to be able to do that yet this year, but we have announced more than 35. That, that we will be doing between September and next June. And some of the highlights of that season, it's a combination as people have come to expect from the grand of familiar faces, artists that uh, have been successful here over and over again, but of course we haven't seen them in a long time. Uh, and that would include Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, uh, 
postmodern jukebox has been a real popular show for us over the years. Uh, the, uh, uh, the rock orchestra, one of our resident companies will be back. Uh, Wizards of Winter, seldom seen. Gaelic Storm, a terrific, uh, Irish band. The Red Hot Chili Pipers, uh, um, uh, Straight No Chaser, uh, One Night in, uh, of Queen are all coming back. Those are just some of the highlights. But we've also got some artists who've not been here before, including uh, we're bringing The Temptations in October. That one is selling ex- extremely well. We've got a, an American traditional group called the Honey Dew Drops that are coming. Uh, we've got uh, the Tannehill Weavers, one of the great Scottish traditional music bands of all time is coming. Uh, and uh, in a new way, uh, an artist who's been on our stage, but not in the way that she's coming, uh, Storm Large, who is an incredible singer, has performed with Pink Martini here at the Grand, uh, and she'll be back doing her own solo show. And we were re- really excited that Storm Large uh, auditioned and made it into the first round of uh, America's Got Talent this year. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, based on the reaction she got for her first performance, we're expecting that she's going to uh, make it a good way through the competition. Wow, that's exciting to be able to tie into that as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of people watch that show and yes. and get excited about artists when when they've seen them there. And so this will be a great opportunity to to bring one of those artists back. And I realized I I I left out a lot of the comedy that we because we've got a lot of comedy coming this year. Some familiar faces there: Brian Regan, Louis Black, David Sedaris, uh, Jeannie Robinson. Robert's, Robertson is going to be here. Uh, and we've got Jane Lynch, one of the stars from TV's Glee, is oh, going yeah. to be doing a show uh, with her Kate, her friend Kate Flannery from The Office called a Swingin' Little Christmas. It's going to be kind of a Christmas music and comedy uh, cabaret. Uh, but with both of those personalities, uh, you can expect the unexpected, I think. Yeah, I saw that on your lineup, and I, I, that was very intriguing because I love both of them and all the shows they've done and their personalities. So that should be really fun. It should be, yes. And I'm sure your staff, you and your staff, are just excited to to be able to open the doors and and get people in and do what you want to do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like having a thoroughbred that can't run a race. You know, we we have folks here. You know, this is what we do, and you know, we're not. It's it's not just a nine to five job for us. It's it's uh, an avocation. It's a, a a life calling. And so, to not be able to do that in the way that we, you know, can be most effective. I mean, we've right. we've right. made do during the pandemic, but this is what we really want to do, and we want to get back open, and we want to see the familiar faces of our patrons and welcome people to the Grand and the Playhouse for the first time. So. Uh, we're very excited about this. Yeah, and I mean, the virtual programming and other programming was fantastic, but actually being in a seat in the Grand is just a special experience. So how would you describe that for people? Well, you're absolutely right, Kristen. I mean, it is, and the Grand is, a, all three of our venues in different ways are 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 very special experiences, kind of A++ or something like that. Yeah. But just, you know, to be in the same room with an artist while something is happening live for the first and last time, 
you know, it'll never be like that again. The combination of elements are unique. You know, the, you know, the mood that the artist is in, the energy level of the audience, you know, all of that. And you just, you can't duplicate that on a Zoom screen or, a, a, you know, a, a virtual performance. It, it's, it, it's just, it's not the full picture. And so that's what we want to do. And then to be able to do that in the environment, the unique environments that we offer, the intimate experience of the 300 seat baby grand, which where you're, you're really in the same space and very close to the artists as they're performing, or, you know, just the, the historic grandeur of Copeland Hall and, you know, this is the 150th anniversary this year of of the uh, op original opening of the Grand Opera House. And oh. so that's going to make it even more special this year. And then we've got the Playhouse, too, which is another historic theater and uh, a place that people have associated with Broadway artists, both before they go to New York and after New York for many, many years. And... Uh, We've been doing a little work during the pandemic, and uh, when people come back to the Playhouse, uh, there are going to be some uh, pretty significant changes that I think people are going to really appreciate, including uh, brand new seats. So, Oh, that sounds intriguing. Yes. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the shows that you might be offering at the Playhouse? That's great, because Broadway will be back, just like our music and variety programming will be back. Uh, we're doing a, a compressed season this year uh, rather than try to to just as with the music and variety programming. We're not going to try to do everything right away. Not all Broadway tours are back on the road and all of that. But we will be opening our season in November with uh, Waitress, which is a Wilmington premiere. Uh, we'll also be featuring in our subscription series the 25th anniversary tour of Riverdance. And we're going to close our season in June of 22 uh, with uh, uh, one of the great Broadway musicals of all time, Fiddler on the Roof, oh. which we, we had announced for the 1920 season. And uh, we're getting to it a little later, <laughs> two years later, uh, but it will close our season. And it's the uh, first time in more than 25 years that Fiddler has been done as part of the Broadway series. And then in addition to those three subscription concerts in uh, September or December, excuse me. In December, we're also going to be having a, a special added attraction, Summer, the Donna Summer musical. So oh. it'll be all of the great uh, uh, disco hits that Donna Summer had in and a little bit of her life story as well. So um, four shows over the course of the year, and it'll be a really nice way to bring people back to, to see Broadway again. It sounds like a nice variety, too. Um, yes. you know, to appeal to all different types of audiences. That's right. So, Mark, um, I just want to take a moment um, for a station break. I'd like to remind our listeners that you are tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Today, I'm talking with Mark Fields, Executive Director of The Grand in Wilmington. So, Mark, um, before we go further, I'd like you to also share um, how people might find out about what's happening at your venues and how to purchase tickets. And we'll, we'll say that at the end again, but I would like you to, to say that, too, now. Our website is thegrandwilmington.org, 
And uh, tickets are on sale for all of the shows that I've mentioned already. And so they can just go there and take a look at everything and see what appeals to them. Uh, we are gradually reopening our box office as well for, for, for phone calls. We're not doing in-person sales yet, uh, but we hope to be doing that in the coming uh, weeks or month or so as we get closer to the beginning of our season. Great, great. So uh, let's also talk about maybe some of the special things that um, families and families with children might be interested in seeing coming up. Sure. Uh, we do have uh, some family programming coming up and more that we're working on. Uh, we're going to have uh, magician Justin Willman is coming. Uh, Justin uh, does uh, is uh, very familiar to folks from uh, from. He appears often on the Ellen DeGeneres show. We've also got Drum Live, Drumline Live coming in January, uh, which is a very high energy event featuring uh, uh, drumline performers, drum corps uh, from uh, historic black colleges and universities. So that is really exciting. And very soon we will be announcing the return of our Sensory Friendly series, which are shows that we do uh, for folks who have cognitive or uh, 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 experiential disabilities, uh, including folks who are on the autism spectrum. It's a way that we provide programming in a, uh, a rather unique context for folks who often aren't able to come to performances otherwise. But we don't, we, uh, we haven't announced the lineup for that, but we are going to bring that series back as well. Uh, we've been very fortunate to receive support from the National Endowment and a number of, uh, of uh, foundations in support of this unique program. Oh, great. And people can find more about that on your website as that well. Also, when we announce it, will be on the website. And while we're on a roll here, Kristen, <laughs> uh, the Grand Gala is also going to be back this, uh, this December. Uh, we have not announced that artist yet, but we'll be doing that soon. And we have a special project coming up uh, uh, on the cusp of uh, December and January, so you can figure that out, uh, that will be a collaborative project between the Grand uh, and uh, Delaware Symphony Orchestra, uh, Opera Delaware, and a uh, familiar Tony Award-winning Broadway performer who will be a special guest artist for us. Oh, that sounds nice. So um, we've, we've, we're coming back with a vengeance, I guess is the point. And are, you, are, these, are these things extra special because it is your 150th or what? Oh, well, we haven't even gotten to what we're doing for the 150th. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I, I think this is a demonstration of what we were talking about a minute ago uh, about how excited we are to be open again. And, you know, there are a number of things that we want to do to to celebrate the reopening of the Grand, to celebrate bringing people back downtown to Wilmington uh, and and to celebrate uh, our, our anniversary as well. And we'll certainly acknowledge the anniversary at both the end of the year concert and at our gala. But we also have several other programs uh, that we're doing in October and November to celebrate that anniversary as well, including a street festival uh, in October and uh, a, a day at the movies because the Grand was a movie theater for a long time as well, a day at the movies in November, and, and then uh, uh, the uh, gala and the New Year's Eve concert in December. So, Awesome. Well, 
And, you know, the Grand is like a, a centerpiece of downtown and having it back active and, and all through the year and, you know, having people in and out is just going to make such a difference for downtown as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's ironic and even a little bit painful that, you know, when throughout the years as we've made the case why the Grand and the arts in general need to be supported, we would say, Imagine what Market Street would be like without the Grand having its doors open. And some people would go, oh, yeah, that would be terrible. And other people would go, well, that would never happen. Well, it did happen. (laughs) Uh, uh, And people saw the impact that it has. I mean, downtown is a much quieter place without the Grand and the Playhouse and Christina Cultural Arts and the Queen and and Delaware Theatre Company all being open and bringing people through our doors. And, you know, when the Grand is closed, it's also, you know, it hurts our restaurant partners. You know, we uh, we have you know, folks that we work with at Chelsea and Stitch House and Bardea and, and, and Le Cave and all of those places, you know, they know when we have show nights because they're doing a big business and they want to see us open and they want to have that big business back as well. So, and parking lots and, and even something like babysitters, right. you, know, they, yeah. you, know, they, you know, you know, this from the, from the <laughs> terrific research work that, that the division has done, but for every ticket we sell at the Grand or at DTC or the Symphony, it generates another $30.24 into the local economy. And so we bring a Broadway show in and we do five performances over a weekend with, you know, seven, 800 people a night. That's, you know, you're talking over $100,000 in economic activity in downtown Wilmington over the course of that weekend. Right. Obviously, people are going to miss that and want to see it back. Right. No, it's so true. Just, you know, one little thing changes, but it affects so much else. Absolutely. You know, we're so happy to see it it coming back and hopefully it can stay back, sustain for, you know, for a good, good long time. Um, So just... Uh, kind of switching gears for a second, how has it been um, booking the artists and are they excited to be back and is, are they clamoring at your doors to to perform and what's that been like? Well, it, you know, it has been complicated because, you know, none of us have ever been through anything like this before. And so the whole industry had to kind of reinvent itself and and. For a long time, you know, there were no definitive answers, and then it seemed very clear what we were all going to be able to do. And then the Delta variant raised its ugly head, and we're all making adjustments again. Uh, But artists are very eager to perform. You know, not only is it their livelihood, but it's also, you know, part of their spiritual self-identity to be able to interact with an audience. And and so they want to get back to the grand and get back on the road in general to, to, to kind of fulfill themselves and, you know, and, and make a living. Right. Right. So let's talk about a couple um, key performances or performers that are selling fast. I know you mentioned um, one earlier, but should people be aware of getting their tickets soon? Well, there are tickets available for every performance in the season still. Nothing has sold out yet. Uh, but uh, several of our comics are selling uh, very, very well. Brian Regan, 
Lewis Black, uh, uh, the Jane Lynch show is selling very well. Straight No Chaser sells out every time it comes. So that's one. It's not until the spring. So uh, you don't need to jump right on that, but don't wait too long. Uh, The Temptations, as we mentioned, is doing very well. So, uh, but, you know, audiences, one of the things, we've been talking about this a lot internally. Uh, We're all going to have to refigure out how to do this. Yeah. Uh, And I think one of the things that we will see as we emerge from COVID and particularly with the the Delta variable out there is uh, people are going to wait a little longer to make decisions about going to shows. And so uh, that doesn't mean they're not going to do well ultimately. But uh, for those of us who are in the business and looking at the ticket counts every day, it's, it's going to be a little more nerve wracking than it usually is as we, you know, there's so many environmental factors that are going to make a, have an impact on people's comfort level and being able to come to the show. But on that topic, we've done a lot internally to address those comfort levels. I mean, we've got hand sanitizer stations throughout the building. We've gone, uh, we're going to contactless ticketing now so that people can actually print their tickets at home. We're going to scan them when they get here so that people uh, will have, uh, you know, not have that contact. And we're going to do everything to keep people safe while we're here and that they can be, uh, can enjoy the experience without worry. Right. No, I, I, that sounds wonderful. Your seasons sound wonderful, so we're wishing you the best of luck. Um, Unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time. So, Mark, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for Um, this opportunity. It was great to have you. Good luck with this season. Looking forward to seeing more on your website um, for things coming up. And um, best of luck. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen.